0: Congratulations, Mr. Sims. You are the fattest boy in camp.
1: Few technological developments have had as
0: great an impact on our lives as...
1: These two idiots? Stop telling me you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight.
0: Yeah, no, that's right, exactly. Welcome to Line of Sight. This is episode 156 for October the 27th. Recording on October 27th, so we'll see. If it won't be out on time. Uh, that's fine. Uh, we're going to be... Once again, trying to knock out a couple of each other's top 100 movies that we haven't seen. Um, and this week it'll be Heavyweights and Apocalypto. So thanks for joining. My name is Adam.
1: And my name is Nathan. And
0: if even if you haven't heard anything about the top 100, I'm sure if you know a little bit about us, you would be able to guess whose movie belongs to who, uh, heavyweights is my, I feel like it was number 16 on my list. Um, it's pretty up there. Although I will say off the top, I've been working on a revised list of my top 100. We're, uh, for about a year since we went through the, those lists because mm-hmm. I think it was like around August that we started and actually no it's probably not quite yet because I feel like uh, there were a couple weeks we did other things so I think it was I feel like there was a week in October we even skipped to do Halloween so probably hasn't quite been a year so maybe i don't know if that's too early to uh put out an updated top 100 but um that has been in the works in the background (laughs) so to say it's my number 16 favorite movie um might not be accurate
1: i think it's probably moved uh yeah i just looked at mine uh I think Apocalypto is around 20 for me, where I had it, which is higher than I expected when I just went to check my list.
0: But, oh, sorry, uh, mine was 14, not 16. Um, yeah, and I think that's why we... That was part of picking these, is they're close in the the rankings on, on our list. Um, but also, they're completely...
1: Yeah, for movies. <laughs> it's it's that. fun that you, they can both be considered movies. <laughs> but, but it, no, but just in that, like, it just shows a wide variety of film. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, and I, I've been um, more active in the letterboxed community lately, and not even just on Letterboxd, but on the um subreddit for four letterboxd and there's discussions and stuff like that and just kind of commenting on people's things and seeing people posting like these are my this is my top 25 like or rate my top 10 or stuff like that and it's like getting a feel for the community although it's of course it's on reddit so it's not just the letterboxd community it's an even smaller subset of reddit users that are also letterboxd teachers. And there was even a poll recently where it was like, what what age range do you fall in? And it seemed like it was mostly like 16 to, I don't know if it was to 20 or to 25, whatever the the range they were doing. It was mostly that. And I was like, oh, I'm older than most people. Right. (laughs) It it was just weird because I get the sense from most letterboxd, like, oh, I'm a film buff guy. It's like, you need to watch more older movies. You need to yeah. watch these obscure movies. And like, I'm not ashamed of my list, but it's like, my list is so not that. And it's just like, I, I just like watching these movies. Like, I, I'm i not saying they're the best movies. These are just my favorite. <laughs>
1: so. No, I, I think uh, that's good because I think, yeah, no, I think that's the way to do it. Because, yeah. uh, like, I have definitely some classics on there. I definitely feel yours is even more, I don't know what it would you would call it, because I think mine perfectly represents my personality. But, like, I see heavyweights, and I think that's my Three Musketeers and Iron Will type of, like, yeah. I this is just... I love uh, it and a rookie of the year I have rookie of the year you have heavyweights I feel like those are the same type of yeah the world
0: (laughs) I have a lot of kids comedy nostalgic stuff where it's like I grew up watching them and that's why it's a favorite because it's so ingrained in me and like I watch it and it's just a happy thing (laughs) and it's like There's uh, going through and revising it. It's like, uh, do I squeeze in this? I didn't have it on, but I'm like, I don't know. It's, I think these other things still beat it. And I don't want to put things in just to have that representation. Like The Godfather, that was always something when I was doing it originally. Like, I really love The Godfather, but I rarely watch it. I don't know it that well. So maybe eventually it could come up, but it's like all these other things. It's like, no, I, I, would probably rather watch them or they mean more to me. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, heavyweights, Disney's heavyweights,
1: 1995. And... I think that was my favorite year of movies. But, actually, 95.
0: That reminds me, I keep forgetting to bring this up, talking about letterboxed, I recently bought Pro. Yeah. Um, So what does that do? So one of the things that I think you would really like is uh, it unlocks your stats. There's a whole stats page and it's kind of like what we were doing with the Top 100. Like it shows um, like one of the first things. It's like the movies you've seen by release year. And right now... At least what I've logged on Letterbox. The biggest year for me is 1998 with 70 films. That's amazing. Sticks up a lot more than the other ones, but there's a nice like curve, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, highest rated decades for me is 90s, 80s, and then 2010s, which is kind of surprising. Not, not with all that Marvel stuff,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: funny cause it shows uh, a chunk of them, and it's like, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, so it shows like works done by genres, I'm mainly comedies with 100 or 803, but I mean, I'm sure there's multiple genres per movie, so that doesn't mean anything. But then, then the big thing that I was like, oh, Nathan would like this. List progress, and there's actually, you know what, we're on Skype. Let me share my screen, so at least you can see this. Um, so oh, okay, the, it's for anyone who obviously can't see. It's kind of like a. Uh, not a bar graph, but it's like a circle and it's got a percent. So the letterbox 250, I'm at 24%. Uh, the, the highest one I'm at, which is kind of, it's not a good list. I don't think, but the box office mojo all time top 100. So it's like the top 100 earners, but the ones I haven't seen are like minions, minions too. Like right. <laughs> things yeah. just like, yeah, I'm not going to f- complete that list. But then, like, Best Picture winners, like, um, that I'm interested in. And it's got the AFI 100 Years 100 Movies. Yeah. Um, those are ones that's, like, I I will want to work on those, just seeing them. Some of the other ones, I don't really care.
1: No, how about uh, you're only at 5%. Read that one to me. <laughs> Top 250 women directed. And you've only it's watched 30. 5% of them. Yeah. Oh. And. Yeah, looks C- City the- of God is supposed to be really good. I have that on my list to watch. Yeah, that's one I would watch. Um, the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> that's a technicality. <laughs> that is an asterisk if I've ever seen one. Yeah. and even more so on when it was made yes you can't was, even it wasn't directed by a woman but uh, yeah, like a woman
0: now did direct it <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that's a uh, that's iffy um but yeah the top 100 animation it's like i've seen 24 so i'm like okay what's on this list it's like oh it's a bunch of like Anime, yeah. anime stuff so it's like i'll probably see some of it i watched uh my neighbor totoro and it's like it was okay i enjoyed it but it's like everyone being
1: like oh studio ghibli, ghibli. is the best yeah. thing ever it's like okay maybe <laughs> maybe i, I i've own, i've ha- i own a couple that i haven't watched the few that i have I've enjoyed, like, some of their more recent stuff. And by recent, it's probably, like, almost 10 years old. I remember watching uh, something about something wind in the title or whatever. And it's all about airplanes. And that was great. Oh, okay. But it wasn't, like, ab- as abstract and crazy. It was more of a straightforward story. Yeah. And, and it was interesting because it had, like, the voice actors right like it it's not subtitled so and it was like big named uh like i think it had joseph gordon levitt and john krasinski and maybe even emily blunt and some other like mainstream so whatever but yeah i like so how much is this 20 bucks
0: yeah, something like that. 20, maybe 25. Oh, yeah. So there's most watched. But obviously, this is just what I've logged the most times. Harry and the Hendersons is number one with six times. And that's over nice. the past, like, three years or how like how long I started really logging stuff. Stars, this is a good one. Like, who you've seen the most films. Samuel Jackson, that seems a little obvious because of... Marvel and he's just in everything mm-hmm. then follow up Tom Hanks, Paul Rudd Nicolas Cage, Morgan Freeman I feel like
1: the Morgan Freeman's a surprise
0: but did we do our top 10 actors
1: yeah and we kind of almost forgot him, we only did 5 we put, no we did 10
0: because like those 5 right there were definitely on my list. Yeah, so it makes perfect sense. And then sense. I don't know. And then Tom Cruise, John Ratzenberger. That's funny. Just Willis, J.K. Simmons and Bill Murray. It's like I love this. That that's awesome. That's there's no one that's like what? Why is that there? And then directors. There's crew by country. Um. Ooh. Uh, I think this is also just going by of all time and you can break it down by by year. So mine started in 2019. So yeah, it's not quite four years yet. But um, yeah, that's Pro. That's a little plug for Letterboxd Pro. Uh, that And that's just stats. The other thing was um, because I wanted to do um, another list, it lets you clone your lists so that's handy if you're going to duplicate stuff Um, and then what was the other thing oh no ads which you were saying you didn't really find ads (laughs) that bad but for me I I don't know (laughs) it's
1: getting pretty in your face yeah no it didn't seem that bad but that's cool I would like to go through them. I would probably do that. Oh, already yawning. Nathan's back. Yeah. Um,
0: anything new and
1: exciting before we get into these? I got an email from Hasbro that I totally forgot about. Apparently, and now I completely remember it. A year ago or two years ago, I feel like it might have been two years ago, but maybe only just a year. Uh, I ordered, I pre-ordered the Nerf Pulse rifle from Aliens, yeah. <laughs> and then apparently, and then so I got this email saying, "Oh, I, you have to update. Just check your address and uh, update your payment plan," and or payment plan, your credit card information. And then then I looked and it said like something about November 1st. I was like, okay, well, I will not be doing this right away at all. And then I got another one saying you're, that was an email an error. It's still in production. It pro- it's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> they jumped the gun. So I have to decide if I actually want to buy these things but the plan i was so pumped up the plan was yes i was going to buy two and maybe sell one in my mind thinking that i've never sold anything on ebay or whatever but like i think it could be uh, a popular item perhaps if i keep one in the box or whatever and uh But, yeah, so I'm sure, listeners, you could still get on the list there. And this is the other thing. Is it just going to be available also? Or it's like. Maybe. Yeah, whatever. Because I found that was one thing I bought. When I bought True Romance, the 4K special edition, everything, I pre ordered that when it was coming to Canada finally, all pumped for it. And then it's like, yep, being released Tuesday, saying it's shipped. And then it's like, it took 10 days, seven or 10 days by the time it got to me. And it's like, I could have just ordered it off Amazon or Bayview video, Bay street video or whatever. And got it like sooner. If I just the pre-order, there was no pre-order like thinking like, Oh, there's going to be a limited amount and I want it so bad, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, you could just wait. It's like almost uh, pre-ordering just any movie when it comes out on Tuesday on Amazon. Or whatever. It's like, or you could just go to Walmart that day and buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the conundrum. It's a conundrum.
0: Now, something else has bro and is a little more exclusive and not just something you could pick up at the store. Have you heard about the selfie series? No. It's this uh, it's not out yet, but uh, through the Hasra app, you can order a action figure of yourself using selfies you like scan your face or whatever. Right. And then p- pick out your hair and your facial hair and stuff because because like, it doesn't pick up that stuff. And then it's weird because the bodies are like existing characters. So there's like, the Mandalorian, a Stormtrooper, X-Wing, uh, and then there's, like, Princess Leia, Black Panther, Black Widow, Spider-Man, Iron Man, male and female, Ghostbusters, Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe, Scarlet, and then Red Ranger and Pink Ranger from Power Rangers. It's
1: like, if it was the Green Ranger, I'd be all over that. Brad's yeah, like, mm. well, no one wants Red. <laughs> so Jason sucks. You need Tommy and Kim.
0: Yeah, so it's like uh, it, I like the idea, but looking at it, it's like I don't know what I would do. Like Iron Man, or maybe a Ghostbuster. See,
1: my first reaction cool. is like just you as yourself, like yeah, a bobblehead or whatever. Be a
0: plain clothes something,
1: right? So it's kind of weird.
0: Uh, that's where it's like if it was mandalorian or stormtrooper it's like okay you've taken the helmet off and reveal oh, it's me under here <laughs> but like right. anyone else it's kind of weird yeah i guess most of them wear masks and stuff See,
1: yeah like something like that if it was plain closed or even not even plain closed but like something cool or whatever sleek or whatever it's like that would be a pretty cool surprise gift for a kid having themselves as a superhero in some sort or whatever. I'm just trying to, but like just having your head where it's like, yeah, I'm sure it looks pretty good. But then, yeah, it's just, okay, you're a stormtrooper. You're a Spider-Man. It's a little
0: weird. Yeah, the Spider-Man one would be good for kids, but that's, I don't know. And you have to... Somehow take five pictures of your kid without them realizing what you're doing.
1: Well, that would be easy, <laughs>
0: but they have to be making the same face and everything.
1: Oh, I feel like you just lie to them and yeah, them what's that? Sure. Scanning you for COVID <laughs> on my phone. Uh,
0: so yeah, that's a thing that I just heard about this week, and then just today. This is big news. I was going to save it. It's too timely to pass up, though. Um, we've been doing X-Men. And there's the big announcement just today that uh, Ryan Reynolds talking about the new Deadpool movie that they're working on, which I wasn't really big on that coming over to Marvel Studios and the MCU. It's kind of like, uh should just let that die and just reboot it. But I guess they know it'll make money and I'm sure it's not going to be a hundred percent. This is now the MCU. It's going to be some meta thing or multiverse thing. Uh, but the big announcement was him saying that uh, Hugh Jackman would be returning as Wolverine. That's big news because obviously X-Men are coming and I feel like Wolverine is going to be recast. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, he's still going to be Wolverine. I think this is a one-off type thing, but
1: uh, still pretty, pretty huge. Yeah, I'm fairly indifferent or whatever, but what I take from that and what I enjoy is Hugh Jackman as a person embracing who he is and not trying to like, distance himself from like oh i played more serious roles and that's Mm -hmm. like when comedians try to be serious or like other people it's like no this is what you're known for like all the james bonds you're always james bond if you if you're batman you're always batman you're like that's who that's what pays for everything (laughs) in your life and then so i do enjoy that hugh jackman is Like he knows that Wolverine was his big thing, and he embraces it and isn't shunning it, so that's nice.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that to uh, just say there's going to be more Wolverine. So (laughs) I don't know when that's supposed to come out. We're going to be done going through X Men with Steve, I think, by then. But we can tag it on. Um, I think that was it. I don't, I don't have anything else. Um, so if you don't... Uh, yeah, we can go
1: through these. Yeah. Two top 100 films. Yeah, and
0: I'll say... Well, yeah, obviously, I haven't watched Apocalypto before. You haven't watched Heavyweights before. That's why we're doing it. Um... But yeah, let's start with Heavyweights. It came out first in 95. So it was uh, 11 years prior to Apocalypto. Directed by Stephen Brill, who um, has done other less good comedies. Um but the most notable and most obvious connection with this one is The Mighty Ducks. Uh, I forget if he's the writer on that or also the director. I think just, just the writer. Yeah. He uh, maybe did both. No. His first his first directing was Heavyweights but that did come after Mighty Ducks which he wrote. So obviously it really has nothing to do with the The actors, but there's quite a few uh, actors from the Mighty Ducks that are in this, uh, including the main character, Gerald Garner, uh, played by Aaron Schwartz. You've got Goldberg the Goalie, uh, played by Sean Wise. Obviously, he's not Goldberg in this, but <laughs> he plays Josh in Heavyweights, and then uh, Keenan Thompson, who's in D2, at least, and I guess D3, uh, as Roy. Um, there may even be other people that I'm forgetting, but those guys are the three guys that are obvious from uh, Mighty Ducks, I think. Um And for anyone who doesn't know the premise of heavyweights, because I feel like it's kind of a cult following with it. Like there's people that watched it when they're younger, love it, but not a lot of people know it. Um, This is the IMDB (laughs) summary. Plump kids are lured into joining a posh fat camp with the promise of quick weight loss and good times, only to find that it is a woodland hellhole run by a psycho ex-fitness instructor. Which I don't even think is a very good uh, synopsis. (laughs) It's kind of misleading. (laughs) Because it's not like it's a trap. It is... uh, The camp was run by some great people. The kids love it. And this happens to be the year they lose it to... Uh, Tony Perkis, who's played by Ben Stiller, and he kind of turns it into something. Like, he's really, he's pushing this uh, infomercial and doesn't care about the kids at all, and he is a psychopath, but uh, hilarity ensues. Um, So what did you think, first time watch, of Heavyweights?
1: Uh, I liked it. Uh, I did not love it, but there's, like, it wasn't... I don't think it was bad in really any way. I just didn't love it. But there are really high highs. But then I just felt, ultimately, that there wasn't enough of them for me, where I could see you liking things that just passed by me, where, like... (laughs) Like for me, Rookie of the Year is my like kids comedy that I love that I just think. And one of the friends in Rookie of the Year is in this. Okay, Uh, So that's fun. So like everything in Rookie of the Year, I find hilarious. So I think you (laughs) finding everything in this makes sense. And I don't know if like, yeah, if. You watched it, have never seen it, what you would think, and vice versa with uh, Rookie of the Year. So, yeah, lots of good stuff in here. Uh, like Ben Stiller is amazing. Like he steals yeah. the show. Like if he wasn't in here, it would be a nothing <laughs> Like or a it, lot. Yeah,
0: of, it could be a lot worse. Uh, he sells it by being really over the top. And I, yeah, I don't think he's even, it's hard to say. I don't even know if he's the best part of it, but I could see just anyone coming into this,
1: like gravitating towards that character and how, like, nuts he is. So that, everything. And I also like the unapologetic fatness of the movie. Like, this would not be made. People say that all the time, where it's like, this would not be made today, but. Or, like, you can't say that Joker is, like, have you seen what's on HBO? And have you seen comedy roasts? And, like, the stuff people say It's like, a lot of things would get made today, <laughs> you know? <laughs> in that, like, people do a lot of and say a lot of things. But this, just in the, like, spirit of, like, no one's fat or body positivity and like healthy eating and just like self-esteem movements and everything like that where it's like you can't even suggest that people aren't in perfect shape all the time (laughs) so like i could see disney would never like i could see this movie being made by like seth rogan and james franco or something (laughs) where it's just like maybe a rated R thing or something like just when I swear, like that type of level, but not this fun, like this is a Disney movie. Disney would never make this movie now.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because uh, uh, yeah, it's, I would agree, but at the same time, it's not, I never like watching and paying attention to certain things. It is not exploitative i don't
1: know i don't feel it's
0: mean it's not mean it's and they even like that's the thing uh roy says to jerry on the plane it's like it's great uh you're not the fat kid because everyone's the fat kid so it's like that spirit of like no one's making fun of each other because they're fat like other than like the counselors that come in and they're making comments and trying to get them in shape and stuff. So there's some of it there, but that's not the spirit of the movie. That's those villain characters. Right. So, um, the, the message is more just about like what they learned about, uh, like personal accountability and being healthy versus being skinny like just having a healthy lifestyle and like Tony is the one that's exploitative because he doesn't even care. He's just trying to make a buck on this infomercial Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it's, it's almost more of a celebration of their bodies, (laughs) which it's not even like the focus of it. Like it's more just of like the camp and camp, antics and taking it over from like taking it back is the main story it's
1: not it doesn't even become about it, being that it does yeah the main stuff i think you are right it's just like the background stuff which i think is good like the hiding the food yeah. all over the place it's fun that it's all like candy and stuff because it's like that's not why I'm fat. (laughs) It's just like, it's like, this is like, this stuff does not appeal to me. And then they have that like binge day or whatever. And they're all passed out on the uh, lawn and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, like, I still like one of my favorite lines. I forget. I have my notes here, but I apologize. I kept delaying the recording. So I'm removed from this remembering, Oh, what all these lines mean usually but I can someone help. says someone says, mmm, very fat icy. Yes. I see. Yes. I just love that.
0: Yes. That was I think that's even my that's what I put for my letter. Box review because that line is so good and that is Lars who I think Lars steals the show for me like everything that Lars says
1: is oh the, Lars uh, yeah yeah the German and Austrian. I am Lars or uh, yeah he whatever he is I guess he's he doesn't
0: say where he's from because they ask it's like what kind of a name is that where are you from far, far away <laughs> 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 like uh, yeah he's great i think he kind of steals the show um but yeah he's weighing someone mm, very fat i see <laughs> it's just like this nonchalant thing yeah
1: but it's like yeah they're all fat uh so yeah no that is a, a great line <laughs> yeah i like even the subtle stuff did you know have you noticed the bus capacity what that it says the capacity, it, or it, it's it? yeah, so it says bus capacity max 25, and then it's crossed out and then it says 22 <laughs> because it's <laughs> that's good.
0: Yeah. They're so
1: fast. I don't, I don't think it's, I have ever noticed that, yeah. No, that's uh, so that was pretty good, yeah. There's lots of uh things like just nice little stuff or like you're driving to the camp and they're all begging to pull over to the fast food yeah. and stuff.
0: And that that road it's like that's so american yeah, like I, we real. we yeah. do have some of that stuff here but like yeah when there's all those signs for just like everything you can imagine. Yeah. Uh yeah that's that's a pretty good
1: shot. <laughs> uh it's <like> an, <clears throat> You said Mighty Ducks. Did you mention the woman? Isn't she in this one of them? I don't think so, unless she's in the
0: third one. But I don't think you've even seen that one. She's from... I thought she was in the second one. No, that's... uh, It's that person. She was in, like... She the one that's in... What about Bob or something? She's like from Law and Order like or some something like that. And I know that she's in another movie. But yeah. the Oh, wait. Oh, Terry at Party. She is in The Mighty Ducks. But she's literally, I, I think I noticed that last time when I was watching it. It's like she serves a drink and then that's all you see of her. So okay. she's not the main person. But yes, she is in <laughs> the Mighty Ducks D2. So that's funny. Uh, but yeah, I I know her, or have always known her as VIP Valerie Irons Protection, that uh, Pamela Anderson show. She's in that? She was like the secretary or something. So she wasn't one of the bodyguards. She was just like, she, um, she's blonde. And this, she has like red hair, but she is short blonde hair in that, so yeah okay. um, uh,
1: actually
0: yeah. one other credit uh, just talking about the connections not that this is connected but another writer on this is Judd Apatow
1: yeah I wrote that down too which
0: is crazy and I not well,
1: stand that this is his best movie that he ever wrote <laughs> I wouldn't argue against it actually uh but I'm just, so with that, like with the, they have Judd Apatow, Paul Feig, and yeah. uh, Ben Stiller. So it's like, you have some pretty comedic people there. Where it's like, I thought, I thought there was going to be some more home runs as far as laughs for me go with, uh, not that it's like bad. Like I do love the bet pretty much anything with Ben Stiller. And I did laugh out loud the Jerry Stiller bankruptcy stuff. Yeah. Just because he, just how he speaks. I yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. He steals the scene there. He's barely in it, but
0: it's yeah. just like, uh, he's perfect for it. And it's a nice little connection. Ben yeah. Stiller. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think those characters are pretty good too. The Bushkins, uh, you f- they feel real. Yeah. Like even them coming in and all the kids going nuts and
1: they have their little high, high, high thing. And yeah, well, apparently like, You'll get him, it. <laughs> Yeah. But apparently him and that woman were like in a ton of movies together. Mm. I, I looked up. Her I didn't record. recognize her, but no, but like, yeah. From a long time ago. Uh,
0: Uh, One of the the very first jokes is that I think is amazing is the lemonade stand. Yeah, like, walking home, and just slams down the like pile of cash and just picks up the jug and starts chugging, <laughs> like, and it's just that it, and the kid screaming, "Mommy!" Like that's just a perfect little uh, opening credits scene. <laughs>
1: I love it. Yeah. The uh, the guy from Rookie of the Year is the former chipmunk that rats them out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, does someone say, I want to meet cows or I want meat cows or something?
0: Oh, they say I want meat and they're chasing cows. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: That's funny. <laughs> I, <laughed at> that. <laughs> I like the Les Mis t-shirt that he has. Uh, Yeah, that's at the dance. Uh, That's another
0: great line um, from Ben Stiller when uh, (laughs) he comes and shuts down the dance and says, Put the fruit trays away. The insects will be out soon. I think that stuff is so funny.
1: It's just like he's so serious about things, but it's so dumb. No, I I love him in it. Uh, When uh like he's trying to work on the uh video and then it's like off the scale, shut off the uh shut off the camera or whatever. He's getting so uh flustered by it, and then the whole Icarus r- rolling the hill up uh, to the sun, and he's getting like different Greek myths yeah. <laughs> mixed together and stuff. That's good. Uh, and it's like parting of a wild horse's mane. I don't even know what he was talking about there, <laughs> but I wrote it down. I remember. I think like, he's doing yoga or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know, tai Chi. Yeah, just all this stuff. So that kind of stuff. I love like the Ben Stiller stuff, I think was good. As far as like story stuff and like pot, like it's loose and just a tool for jokes and stuff, which is fine. I think they shouldn't have had the other adults involved. I think it should have been more of the they maybe help them at the end, but the whole like kidnapping him and stuff, it seems like. Not, like, I know it's just a goofy movie, but, like, it seems would have been, I think, if the kids were doing this more in secret, rebelling or whatever, and then maybe the adults came on board later where they're seeing these things happen and they're just, like, smiling and not ratting the kids out or anything. But, yeah. Yeah, like, I...
0: From a realistic point, yeah, but also I think just it doesn't seem like that takes very long. Like there's the parents' day and it seems like it's the the next day or two after they've uh, locked him up. And then they like edit that video. And so it's like, I don't know, I don't mind their involvement, but some of the stuff with them is, I don't know, kind of weak. But also even like jerry the main character it's like he's the least interesting to me and then he's kind of like the hero at the end but it's like i don't really care for jerry that much (laughs) he's just the guy that you're with to experience the camp for the first time
1: yeah but he's like the worst of them yeah he is what goldberg and the d2 guy yeah are more interesting characters yeah, like, and they're better actors or comedic or something but
0: uh, yeah because there's the one point where uh, he's locked up but then the two of those guys are holding the stereo and Jerry's like reading the thing over the PA but he's kind of mimicking Tony from earlier on saying like you suck you smell and he's saying all these things and they're like <laughs> it's like that's not funny. Don't you guys are funnier than him. You should be the ones on the PA. (laughs) You have a skinny wiener. (laughs) Uh, There's some really good use of sound effects. Um, There's the, the raid on the cabin when they're like finding all the hidden stuff. Yeah. Um, which I think just that idea of all it being hidden and the guy routing them out was good. But then he he's like, Come on, give me a hug and he like hugs Roy and then pats him down and finds the yeah. Pez dispenser in his sock. And then the way he like unloads it like a gun and like it sounds yeah. like bullets falling on the floor is awesome. And he even says, like, my man's packing <laughs> Or something and it's like oh it's, that's good and then even to just to touch on race <laughs> his like Tony's whole intro when he's like looking out at the crowds or the, the kids and he's like I see uh, the owner of a fortune 500 company I see a future rap artist <laughs> <laughs> one black kid <laughs> uh, yeah just these stereotypes that he's just throwing out and it's great and then the other sound effect is when he's when they're deflating the blob and it sounds like a whale. There's like a yeah. Ooh! <laughs> like this like sad whale noises. I
1: <laughs> love that. Yeah, the music there was good as well. Like the blob, like they use classical music with the slow motion and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that slow mo scene, that's pretty good. Looks like a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> yeah it seems counterintuitive it seems like exercise to uh but yeah I mean that's what it's supposed to be I guess like it is so but and to destroy it it seems like
0: oh yeah for them to deflate yeah it's, it's like, like if you're it's exercise like for having fun they're gonna yeah. do other exercising stuff that there's not a lot of exercise to that I guess so maybe it's a little justified I can understand taking apart go-karts um, that's got no value <laughs> for yeah. losing weight uh, and then speaking of go-karts the dad who's saying I did not send you to go-kart camp, Jeffrey Tambor I think he's pretty good in this not in it much but just the mm-hmm. little bit that he is it's like yeah this guy's going places <laughs> um who else was I going to say oh yeah uh, crap what's his name but the guy that shows the video at the beginning uh, Tim Blake Nelson Uh, he wasn't probably that big at the time but he's in a bunch of like Coen brothers and stuff now Um,
1: what else yeah yeah
0: I, most of my notes are just lines because I think they're funny. But uh, so Tony, he I think it's during the baseball game, he rides up on his bike and then gets off of it and he's like curling it like weights. Yeah, like he yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. stop
1: exercising. I, that, I feel like that's pure Ben Stiller.
0: Yeah. And like he... Ben Stiller is incredibly ripped all the time, which is just weird because he's like a comedy guy, but he's just always been in shape. Like right. uh, kind of weird. <laughs> like most guys, it's like either they're an action star or like they have a reason for it, but it's like, he just seems like he's just a healthy guy in general. And then um, have you seen dodgeball? Yeah so it's character, kind of, character. kind of the same uh yeah because like in this he talks about being like i don't know how big he says he was but he he was a fat kid when he was younger and his whole like backstory there is funny how it's like uh he's just like this rich kid and it's like after only been taught by tutors my whole life and never interacting with children, I think I'm ready to take on the challenge. <laughs> like yeah. He has no interaction with children until now. Uh, but yeah, that when he's curling the bike, the, the one line, uh, which is just so arrogantly awesome. He's like, thanks for telling me how to run my camp that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that means anything. Love it. (laughs) Um, I love their... uh, With their uniforms, your families will be built automatically. (laughs) (laughs) It's like something they're springing on them. That's so good. Uh, There is some decent... Like, I think it looks good. Like... There's yeah. a lot of like cartoony things, but it, it all fits the feel of the movie. Like there's a lot of like uh, wacky music and like moving and fast forward. Or then there's the like yeah classical with slow mo. Um, when he does come break up the dance, there's like the dolly zoom where like it's almost like the op. Or I don't know if it's the opposite or if it's the same as with the that jaws shot with like the.
1: zooming in while you dolly out kind of thing Um, it looks like a fun movie to have been involved in like that it literally would have been just camp yeah just make this movie especially for the kids and
0: uh, yeah maybe the adults alike um one other uh actor the cameraman kenny the cameraman He's not well known, but he is—he's one of Adam Sandler's friends. Okay, like he's the uh, the homeless guy—that's his caddy in Yeah uh, Happy Gilmore. You recognize he's him. In, like he was in Grandma's Boy. That's the one. He's actually the main character. He's in like Big Daddy and Wedding Singer, and I'm sure most other movies with adam sandler uh so yeah and then ben stiller plays tony senior as well which it's funny the character that he's kind of doing there he's done a lot and like not prominently but um I have the, fir- the first and only season of the Ben Stiller show on DVD and there's a character that kind of looks and sounds like that guy that he would do and then that voice he also does in Starsky and Hutch in a scene where he's pretending to be someone else but that's how he uh,
1: that's just his go-to character I guess Do you ever listen to uh, the uh, David Spade, Dana Carvey podcast? I think just that one. um,
0: It's like Jeff Goldblum or someone for Jurassic Jurassic
1: Park World Dominion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, they were, their main thing is uh, Saturday Night Live. But then, they're like, we should just do a show on people that were famously not hired. Yeah, uh, And then, so Ben Stiller is one that he tried and auditioned, I think, multiple times, maybe. For, I don't know multiple, but uh, for SNL and Jim Carrey, and then there's a few other famous not hires. So, yeah. No, yeah. Ben Stiller's awesome. I wanna I, I would like to watch. Is that one season of his show good? Because I've heard that there's good things in
0: There's definitely some gems and then there's others that aren't great, but uh, like that cast is good because it's uh, Bob Odenkirk okay. and Janine Garofalo, and I feel I don't know if it's just oh and Andy Dick. Those are the main fours, is them And it's kind of like SNL. It's just a sketch show. And then they have a guest, but they don't actually show up in any of the sketches. It's just like the in-between the sketches, things that they're like talking to the celebrity guest people. But there's definitely some like really good sketches that make it kind of worthwhile, but it's never like that bad. There's, I don't know. Um, each episode has its highs and lows. So, um, I would have thought, I mean, I guess he went on and did other things that everyone in the show did. So it's not like it tanked their careers or anything. So, um, but it does make sense. It was, I'm sure if he was trying out for SNL and not getting it, it's like, well, I'll just make my own show.
1: Mm-hmm. um, I don't have much to say. I feel... Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't... Like, they. it's kind of weird how they, like, defeat Ben, Stiller, and Tony, and then they have the competition with the other camp or yeah. whatever. It, I don't... Not, it just felt a little tacked on. I feel like there could be better jokes in yeah, I feel final. Like
0: the final the relay there aren't really jokes like there's only a couple yeah. um but it's so this year i went through a bunch of different camp movies and this is just like a camp trope of like the big race like the big yeah. thing at the end of the year and it's like i don't know if that's a real thing that actually happens like i i don't i've never been to like a summer camp where you're there the whole summer so maybe that's no why but uh yeah so um but i do like that um there's only a short montage between when tony's taken away and then they're into the relay so it's like it doesn't stretch out the movie too much and it's like taking out tony's not the like victory it's like now we can have the, the summer that we want and it's showing them kind of getting their acts together. And yeah, the, the relay, some things in it are kind of set up. Some of it doesn't make sense because it's like these other k- kids, they should be creaming them up until the one point where it's like the like intellectual yeah. section. And then it, after that, it's like, how did they even get past that? Like, he's just the guy seems like an idiot. He's giving all these wrong answers. So it's like, do they just give him a pass? Cause then they're both starting their go-karts at the exact same time. So it's like the whole first part didn't matter. So
1: yeah. What is the rules in this heavyweight universe? Yeah. yeah.
0: And they, if it's a relay, it's like, why are you standing around talking at the go-karts? Just go like as soon as you get the baton or whatever. It's, it seems like it's more of just an even race at that point. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, the relay doesn't take that long. So that's where it's like, yeah, I guess it kind of feels a little tacked on. But it does keep me that, that ultimate victory. Uh, the repeated line of, like, the best damn summer of my life. Which he says at the beginning, are you ready to have the best damn summer of your life? Yeah. Um, I like that the captain thing isn't overplayed throughout the movie. No. And it kind of comes in, but it's not like a pivotal thing at the end. It's just like, don't forget your wings. And then he quote unquote flies over the other guy. It's like, that's fine. It's like symbolic mostly, but it's not like an actual thing that like, I won because I had this, but it was like, you had it in you all along. They don't go into that kind of stuff. It's just like a nice little bring it back type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the only other thing. Hat has been there for 18 years and he's still fat. <laughs> <laughs> but he's having a fun time and you now he has a girlfriend. So good for him. Uh, but yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. I I laugh the whole way through. I'm not laughing like I do at the room, but uh, <laughs> still, like every line. Well, not every line, but there's a lot of lines that I'm quoting along with it. That I think are just they're good, easy watch for kids and
1: adults alike. So, uh, it's on she- Disney Plus. Do you remember? There's another movie. The I think it's directed the Home Alone. The uh, what's the tall guy in Home Alone? The bad guy. Uh, Marv. Yeah. So there's. Uh, like I think he directed uh, Rookie of the Year, but isn't there? Is it like Tom Green or no? Maybe it's him. Doesn't he have, like, a camp movie with kids as well? Like, there's a cover of him, like, across a cliff. And there's kids walking. Um, Daniel Stern, let's look him up.
0: I thought you were going to say that you were maybe thinking of Camp Nowhere, which is um, Christopher Lloyd. And he's like tied up to a sign. <laughs> oh, maybe it's that. I, 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 that was one of the ones I watched this year, actually. And, uh, it's like the kids, they all want to go to a certain camp or something and they, they don't get let in or something, but they just make up their own camp. So it's just the kids running the camp, but they needed an adult to kind of be around. So, like, Christopher Lloyd's just this, uh, Retired teacher or something.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm not seeing it. I don't know. So it might not be him. I thought it was something else.
0: There are a few that uh, yeah, camp movies that I have yet to check out. But uh, Heavyweight's is probably my number two camp movie and What hot American summer's number one. Um, and nothing else comes close to those like
1: <laughs> camp movies aren't
0: <laughs> that great so far. Like, I guess if you like slashers, there's a lot of slashers that take care, ha- take place at camps. Oh, fired up. That's another one that's on my top 100. So that's, On my camp movies, um, yeah, I don't have another one with someone over a cliff.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: I've been keeping track of them. Uh, The batteries in my mouse just died. I'm going to track that. Okay, uh, well, we can move on to
1: Mel Gibson. Similar film.
0: Yeah, also takes place in the forest. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Kind of camp feel uh, at times. Apocalypto from 2006. Um, I don't know. There's maybe one fat kid in this that I can recall. <laughs>
1: everyone else is in pretty good shape yeah (laughs) yeah i don't think i i'm trying to remember if i saw it in theaters but uh yeah mel gibson has not actually directed a ton of movies but uh what did you think of apocalypto
0: i very much enjoyed it um it was never boring. It uh, is very engaging. It's all in Mayan. It's subtitled, um, so yeah, you kind of—he likes his
1: dead languages. <laughs> yeah, so
0: you kind of have to read it, but um, at the same time, you don't. You right. you know what's going on. It was very easy to follow. Um, it was actually perfect movie uh, to watch in bed <laughs> I started it uh, downstairs my so it's on Amazon Prime uh, and I was trying to watch it on my Xbox but the Prime app wouldn't open and then I started watching it on my phone <laughs> I was like well, I'm sitting here I'll just start it on the phone and I'll keep trying and then it never worked uh, so I took it Upstairs, took it to the bedroom and uh, I don't like watching things up there because my daughter's in the next room. So if I have it loud, it could wake her up. But it's like this is perfect. It doesn't have to be too loud. I'm reading subtitles anyways. So, uh, yeah. And I wasn't falling asleep. I started it fairly late, too. I feel like it was. It was after 10. I feel like I was probably finishing around one and maybe one point I had my eyes closed for an extended period just from being actually tired, but not the, the movie's fault. But it was like literally one moment that that could have happened. But the rest, I was pretty glued to it. Um, and yeah, I didn't take a lot of notes. I think I was just mainly just into it. Um Never a dull moment doesn't let up. Even the slow scenes hold your attention. And, uh, yeah, Mel's understanding of the language of cinema is top notch.
1: Like, That's what I would say. Like he is king, like, not king, but like, just like he knows his stuff and knows yeah. what works and doesn't work. Uh, So, yeah, I think just the visuals are quite awesome. Like, the yeah, it is a very, you could, like, the sound is good, but you could watch it with the volume down and know exactly what's happening. Yeah,
0: I can hear it. It's just more, usually I have it cranked if I can't hear the dialogue is what I'm turning things up.
1: So, yeah, this was good. Yeah, I'm just thinking of, like, there's some striking imagery with the, uh, like, v- with the violence and then just the jungle in general. And it's mostly practical. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I like your review on Letterboxd, where I didn't register it, but, like, it is... Uh, it has Mad Max, but yours specifically was uh John Rambo or Rambo or Apocalypto First Blood, I think is what you said. Yeah, or
0: Maya First Blood.
1: Yeah. So that's but yeah. So at least it's the like second, a, the second sure. half is just a chase movie and it's just like there's other stuff going on, but like seeing non-cars chase each other and like Like, the Rambo stuff is perfect, but, like, yeah. Had a little that kind of stuff. And, like, not goofy, but, like, oh, okay, this is how he's going to do it. But all the kills are, like, unique and interesting. And uh, just, like, so, listener, he's uh, our main character gets kidnapped and then... He is freed slash escapes, and then he's being hunted and but then he ends up back in his area of the jungle that he knows very well, and but he's still getting chased by whatever it is, eight guys or whatever. And then he's just using his knowledge to take them out slowly. Mm-hmm. and that's all. lot of fun like and just yeah the camera work alone like when he's hiding in the trees and the blood drips or when he's like with mud on top of him on purpose running in a circle because they're all expert trackers and stuff like the way you get to see stuff and like and i like like mel gibson loves his violence but i think there's some how good was that violence (laughs) in general, but uh, especially in the chase with like the makeup with like the bee stings and all that, but that like on their bodies, all the welts. But then uh, when he hits the guy in the side of the head and like the little blood, it's yeah. squirting out. Yeah, it's like a geyser <laughs> yeah. it's like oh man it, what a brutal way to live <laughs> yeah and i don't know
0: if it's just me <laughs> being desensitized but it, i didn't ever think anything was too over the top
1: but no i like, don't.
0: oh this is too much it's like no
1: this is completely appropriate i don't even know if it's rated r Oh, I think it is. Yeah. Because I think with all the bodies and the human yeah. sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Like that, I guess there are like heads rolling
0: downstairs, but.
1: Uh, <laughs> it is. We are getting <laughs> sensitized. Well, I guess. Heads rolling downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's the tagline. Heads will roll.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I, I guess not that I was like expecting to be grossed out, but I think that's the way some
1: people make it out to be like, well, I think there's certain movies that like horror movies and then other things like intentionally gross you out where like his movies, like not that there's like Braveheart's tame now, but Braveheart passion of the Christ, this and uh what's uh war one. Or no, Hacks, no. Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge. But like, all those, it's like, kind of realistic violence, if you want to say. Like, it's just brutal, but it's not like, it's a, it's not like Tarantino violence, if there's a difference. Or it's like, yeah, where. I don't really care either way, but it's uh Yeah, I don't know. But this one I don't think's uh that crazy because there's not like it is crazy but not there's no explosions and there's no bullets obviously in this. <laughs> so it's a different type of Yeah. Violence. It is, yeah, brutal violence is the best way to say it. um what do you think of the dialogue the first time i saw it i was a little thrown off because like are they doing this just to make a point of like and i think it is a good point to like the dialogue seems very modern in that like it's oh they would just talk the way we talk but at the same time i kind of think that's true in, like, human history that, like, I think a bunch of guys hunting in the forest would just be joking around.
0: Yeah, like, I, well, for one thing, it's translated. So right. what's being translated, maybe that's not exactly what they're saying, but to us, that's what they're saying. Right. Like, that came up uh, recently, and I forget. uh, another Reddit thing someone was saying oh uh, actually movie trivia there's a thing in Multiplicity one of my favorite movies where there's uh, one of the buildings they're working on is like something de nada which means view of nothing and it's like a little joke and then there's people coming in it's like oh well does not mean thank you like de nada like that's what in Spanish people say for thank you and I'm like But Donata is like saying it's nothing like, don't worry about it kind of thing. So, yes, it is. Thank you. But really, literally, it's it's nothing. But to us in English, it means the same thing. It's just a different way of saying it. So it's kind of like this. It's like there's even a part where one of the bad guys says, like, he's (laughs) effed. It's like, I don't think that's what he said. But to us. Yeah, that's, what I guess, what he means is, <laughs> like, he's screwed, he's going to die, like, whatever. Right. So, um, <laughs> that was the only time that it stood out to me. Um, I actually thought that some of the dialogue, it was more, I don't know what the word is, but, like, I didn't, I was, I was thinking the opposite, that it wasn't, like, how we would talk. Like, some of it mm. was just very, like, abrupt sentences. Where it's like, if I heard someone speaking this, it would sound weird. But me reading it, it doesn't phase me for whatever reason. Uh, so, yeah, I was kind of yeah. thinking, I wonder how this would sound if it was in English and they were actually speaking. It'd be different.
1: Yeah. And I guess it's not even necessarily the dialogue. It's also just like what they are talking about. So, like, and the fact like they do this practical joke on the guy uh, so he can uh, get his wife pregnant and all this stuff. So like that kind of stuff seems realistic and fun. Uh, Yeah. I I
0: don't doubt that there are practical jokers. Like I think that's really good actually. And it even comes into play in a deeper way later in the movie. It has a bit of a payoff with uh, him not being able to get his wife pregnant. But right. the practical joke thing, like, it happens twice. Like, they give him the tapir testicles. It's like, oh, yeah, every time I've gotten a baby, I or my dad had, has eight kids, and he had this every time. And then they're laughing at him. And then the dad does it to him later, pulls him aside. It's like, here, use this flower. And then that's another joke. Like, <laughs> you yeah. almost think, like, oh, he's being nice to him. But then right. like double down on it (laughs) it's pretty good but then uh yeah so this isn't a spoiler but like uh just some of the depth to it is his mother-in-law that character is she's like give me a grandchild give me a grandchild or is it i think that's his mother-in-law not
1: yeah yeah
0: i guess makes more sense um and she's calling him like useless and like you mm-hmm. can't be a child and whatever and then she's the one later she's in the auction and no one buys her and it's like you're free to go no one wants you and it's just like you're useless like mm-hmm. no like literally no one can make use of you like you're just yeah as a slave like, like yeah you're yeah. nothing and like and there's no like dialogue about it it's just like these like looks between her and him and she's kind of following them for a bit and just like the sadness and it's like see that's good filmmaking like just thinking that
1: just and no one's
0: saying it yeah you you piece it together (laughs) I'm not a smart man but (laughs) I can pick up on this stuff
1: (laughs) yeah no and I think it's just like yeah it's not like this crazy profound thing but it is profound and nice and uh i i i love how the cultures are portrayed where it is like they are savages part like some of the people are savages like yeah. you're doing human sacrifices i don't care that you're a savage right but then others are not and it's just like and what's the quote there's some quote at the beginning about civilizations or something uh like civilizations will collapse inwardly or from within before being oh yeah from wi- yeah something
0: about before yeah for yeah something like that before they can be conquered
1: from without or something from within right and it's like i think that's perfectly set up for the ending and but then just like, yeah, if you have your civilization based on child sacrifice and all this crazy stuff, it's like it won't survive. Like it's <laughs> like it might take hundreds of years or whatever. But like I think in a b- bigger picture, like that's not sustainable, like just in the like you're creating this crazy society. <laughs> type thing that's like there's no progress there or uh, life or well yeah and it's also the like
0: who are the real savages kind of thing there's like the jungle people and then there's the right. people that are in the like City, big stone cities and yeah they look they're a part of a civilization but like they're the ones making the sacrifices and literally stealing other people just to sacrifice. So yeah, it's that flip of like, who the real savage is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I like the costuming and makeup. Um, yeah, I feel obviously.
1: like they, not a lot of costume, but just how people yeah. are dressed up. I, I feel like he has less, our main character has less, what's his name? Jaguar paw. Yeah. Mm-hmm uh he has less like piercings and stuff which i think is i don't know what that decision is but it makes him more appealing to me where it's like you not that you couldn't have a char- main character look crazy and have tons of stuff on but like just he he looks more normal because he has less piercings or whatever yeah
0: and even early on um it's like for me it's like i don't know who the main character is here but he stands out just even as an actor it's like this guy seems like the one i should be paying attention to (laughs) like even though it's like an ensemble at the beginning it's pretty quick like i guess you eventually see him and his wife and it's kind of clear then but um Even before that, it was like, I don't know. I don't know if it was the appearance or just the focus. It seemed pretty even, but he seemed to stand out. Like, because he could have been, it could have gone two ways because he's divvying up the meat and he almost kind of seems like a bully by giving the one guy the testicles. But then it's like, no, he's our hero. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Could have been the other guy that was the, the main character, which uh, even him, like I, I liked him. Uh, Cause he has the whole thing, like seeing his wife getting taken away and stuff like that. Like he has a lot of emotional stuff. Um, does he die? Is he one of the one, like first two people to be, release to he, make the run. I think he does die, yeah. Yeah. So, unless he gets a sacrifice. Forget. Um but yeah, and I even the the villains, like there's the two main guys that you kind of recognize through the whole thing. There's the leader and then there's the other kind of like henchman type guy that has something personal with Jaguar paw. Um, so I like that you can recognize those guys too. And they're both very different from one another. Um, and they're not the last two standing is also kind of cool. Yeah. Why? Because of the way that it ends, but like you kind of assume that's, is like the boss fight type thing, but it's like, oh, we've already taken care of the two guys that we know. Like One just has it out for him, and the other, it's personal because he killed his son. So it's like, both of their motivations I like. Um, and then, yeah, it's like, oh, obviously it's personal for him too, because they're the ones that stole his whole village away. Um,
1: mm-hmm. but, I but I think that makes it more of a it's more satisfying when realistic ish that it's not a boss fight.
0: Yeah. But then yeah, the two guys that are left it's like, oh, okay, yeah. That like not that's the last shot, but when there's that kind of reveal, it's like, okay, well, I get why they're still around then. It makes that work better than if
1: it was Yeah, that mobile. they would just and I like how he the our hero is running at the end. That does that I felt like that was actually good physical acting, where it'd be like someone super fit pushing themselves to the absolute limit. And it's just like this is how you would start to move, like this like wobbly run or whatever. Uh, yeah. And yeah, the first time I saw it, I thought like uh, the reveal was awesome. And it's just like, oh, yeah, the, I, if I ever made a movie, this is the type of twist or whatever I would love to put in there where it's like, this is not what the movie is. But, like, it makes you think it has so many more uh, applications to the rest of the movie. It makes it helps with, like, explaining parts of the title even, like, to quote everything, uh, like, uh, everything's going to change, even if they didn't take over the village or whatever, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a matter of time. I mean, the stuff, yeah, that's, uh,
0: that is true. Like, it, knowing that it is the civilization that doesn't technically exist anymore. It's like yeah none of this almost matters but to right. them it does
1: for right then so yeah well that's what i love too it kind of reminds me of uh, master and commander where it's just like a slice of life of like we're just going into this thing that happened or you yeah. pretend that happened but yeah i think it's good stuff i I would like uh, other movies like this. Like, there are survival ones. Uh, Not exact same by any stretch, but, like, yeah. I just like survival movies. But, like, when both sides are very capable, so, like, him being very with it and being chased down for an extended scene, I love that. Like, it's like, yeah, I don't know if there's movies that attempt this and fail, but, like, I'm thinking Mad Max, Speed, this, what else? Where it's, like, almost just, like, there's at least half an hour, 40 minutes of just one thing happening. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I get Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's just like yeah we have one problem and we're just it's not like a one location movie, but it's a one event movie ish. Like the
0: Yeah, and I I do like that there's the whole thing with his wife and child, so it's not just like I need to escape and live. Like there's an added element of like, I need to get them out of there. Yeah. Um, the one part of that, that was a little bit much was the birth.
1: How <laughs> did you like the birth? I thought that was great when the baby popped out. Yeah, it water. looks fine, but it's <laughs> like,
0: to me, it's like really now it's like, she's in yeah. labor doing like, yeah. it's fine, but
1: it's I know I feel fun. like, we don't need this uh, really to add on. I uh, just wanted a, to do that show. A quiet place. Yeah. Right? Where it's just like you have a pregnant woman, she's given birth in the movie. It's, it's a problem. Yeah. um, It's like a loaded gun. Gotta... I liked,
0: uh, speaking of her, doing the ant stitches yeah with the kit that's cool and i'm sure probably historically accurate but it's just i like that kind of survival like
1: using the land and what you've got like oh yeah i love all the practical stuff all the swords and clubs with rocks and stuff where it's like not crazy blades because they didn't really have that but like
0: yeah but then they do have like there's the odd knife right um like the one is like onyx looks like like which is a pretty sharp rock and then maybe one of stone or or um like he gives to his son or something and then he yeah like the the one bad guy um but actually, yeah, so that that part of that uh, bad guy being a father, and you're kind of sympathetic towards him. Like he's not just a crazy killer. I kind of appreciate that where it's not just like, we got to get this guy that escaped. It's like, no, he killed my son. So I like, and he seems pretty cool about it. Like he's pissed, but like he's not just some rage guy. So he's a fairly deep character without really going into much about him. It's just like you have one scene with him handing his son this knife and then the son dying. It's like, that's enough. That's all you really need to not that you're rooting for him, but you understand him. Right. Um, and uh, something about the the other guy, the. The lesser bad guy. He's also in Get the Gringo. Mm, there we go. So, sure. Another buddy, Nathan,
1: classic. Yeah.
0: Um, this is uh, similar to Braveheart. Uh, there's a very nonchalant, not not emotional throat slit. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the dad when. They do it too. The one guy's dad is just very slow and just like, yeah, more impactful than just going and, yeah, it spray everywhere. It's just like a yeah. slow thing that you can't stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems worse.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it's just pouring out. <laughs> um, one line or another line other than he's effed there was also a line saying, I'm walking here.
1: <laughs>
0: it's like, is that a, I don't know is that midnight cowboy or some, whatever so. Dustin Hoffman. Uh, someone says I'm walking here. Um, crossing the river was cool. Uh, and the cliff edge when the guy's like, let's see what happens just kind of watching them struggle to keep the one guy from falling off the cliff. Right. Sort of cool but sick thing where they're just like, "Oh, let's just see what happens."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and the the creepy sick girl prophecy I didn't write down all of it, but I'm like, I'm sure what she's saying is exactly what's going to happen in the second half of this movie. So I took a couple of the notes of what she says. And it was like, as she's saying, it's like, okay, I can assume what this means because she says something about darkness of day. And I'm like, okay, so there's going to be an eclipse. (laughs) I've seen enough movies that involve eclipses. Uh, Man who brings the Jaguar. And I'm like, well, this guy's Jaguar paw. So maybe it's just like a metaphorical right. thing, but then it's like, Oh no, he literally brought a right. Jaguar, um, something coming out of the mud. That's not a direct quote, but there's something about coming out of the mud. And I, I didn't write that one down, but then as it happened, I'm like, Oh, I'm pretty sure that was also something she said. So it was, I like that. um, it's a good little scene with the girl and it's just spelling out what, what's going to happen, but you don't know for sure exactly how it's going to play out. But, uh, she called it, she called it all. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've noticed, but at the very end, he's got the one like spot of the sickness on his face. Do you notice that? Yeah so that's another way it's like they're dead anyways <laughs> like yeah. there's like whatever i don't know what that specifically is uh I, what is it on his cheek
1: Something's cheek or forehead because He's i know on, on his, his forehead like on his head he has that he gets hit right
0: Yeah, but I'm pretty sure, like from him on the beach to like him walking with his family, he he looks different. Like there's there's something that's appeared, and it looks the same as what's on her face. So yeah, um, the blue paint looks cool. (laughs) Like the he loves his blue paint. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's another favorite. I'm sure that's. Probably something they used.
1: Well, I know in the commentary for Braveheart, he like they just, uh, like how f- not fake Braveheart is, but just like exaggerated or just switching things from time. And he's like, "Well, we know that the Vikings used blue paint." So it's like well, I just thought that was cool. So we're gonna use it. <laughs> it's just like, and yeah. it's like that is perfect movie license. I was like, yeah, we're gonna, we're not pretending that this is a documentary. Yeah, but was, I don't know about these guys. They, they might have used blue paint. Yeah, I don't know. Worth looking up, I
0: guess. It looks cool. It definitely looks cool. Um. The the third act just flies by. That was my other big thing. Was yeah. just like, okay, yeah, we're not we're now to this chase, and it was just like, I don't know how long it is. I didn't
1: even look at the time, but it was just like, oh yeah, we're we're done. Like yeah, just, and I feel like that's what makes the movie really good. Where it's like, I feel people struggle with third acts. So if you have a really strong third act, it's just like. This is awesome. (laughs) Right. Where, yeah. When you're, everyone's saying, oh, the first half's better with so many movies. It's like, you think of your favorite movies, or just like, even just movies that we know are the best. It's like, oh, the last, the ending is awesome. Right. (laughs) You're like. Jaws, the ending is great (laughs) or anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um so other than First Blood, um there was also another movie that came to mind um which was I think it's called Ten Thousand BC. It's a Roland Emmerich caveman (laughs) movie. Structure. I don't know what year that was. Um, I've not seen eight. that. So that was just after. So <laughs> uh, I could say that it's ripping off Apocalypto. It's definitely not as good. It's it's. Um, I don't even know. I forget how it happens, but it's the same sort of thing. But I think maybe some people get like kidnapped and then someone has to go save them but it's the same thing it's like these people that just live in the plains and then they go to this civilization and it it was like oh i didn't expect this out of a caveman movie they don't live in caves at all it's just like it's a it kind of looks like this this mayan empire and i don't think there's the chase but uh it kind of just has a bit of the same structure and feel Mm -hmm. of going to like, we're going from one location to this other completely different one. Um, I, yeah, it was not that good. I think I enjoyed it enough, but it was, uh, this is definitely a more well-made, uh, film. I like the one shot, uh, where he gets the waterfall and then the camera kind of goes over the falls. It's like a crane shot and it like looks down at the falls and kind of moves out with it and then pans back up to do like a wide shot, looking at him standing at the top of the falls. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny on IMDb, the, um, the, picture for rudy youngblood who plays uh jaguar paw it's like a camera on a crane <laughs> above him That's his uh it's from this movie but it's like a behind the scenes but that's his imdb photo and it's like yeah thinking about where they were filming but using that kind of technology it's, yeah, it's of, not even a drone yeah um, but I will say the my main negative about this movie is also to do with the way that it looks. Uh, I thought it was at first because I was starting it on my phone and they're running through the, the jungle at the beginning, but it was even doing it on the other TV. When they're moving really fast through the jungle, it gets very like streaky and it almost looks like motion smoothing. Like it's so like just the way that it looks or maybe that's not the right term, but like, right, I know. it just seems like it's blending together too much. And I, to the point where I was even like, is this, like a setting on my tv or
1: something
0: (laughs) but when they're not running it's fine it's it's just the fastest movement so i don't know if it's just the type of camera for those shots but it's just with the jungle being like a blur behind you that seemed to be the only time i was doing it and it kind of took me out of it because it didn't look that great but yeah pretty much everything else was fine (laughs) So that was that was my main uh, negative maybe maybe it could have got a five banger had it wowed me in all aspects but uh, I don't know maybe it'll grow on me too something that I definitely would rewatch that's for sure like it's not like oh yeah I'm glad I watched it and I'll never see it again like I think um. I know that I was looking at buying it a while ago and it was like a rare thing, but then I think they re-released it. But, uh, yeah, I just watched it on Amazon or maybe it's Amazon. Maybe it's just the way that it looks for them or I don't know. How did you watch it? You
1: own this. Yeah. I've, but I, when I went to it, I, uh, watched it on Amazon, but I have it on Blu-ray. It was just re released too. It was like one yeah. of those times I've had it for a while, but then like the Blu ray was selling for like over a hundred bucks. Yeah. And then they re released it like a year ago or so. So like you can get it now, I think.
0: Still. Yeah, within the last year for sure. Yeah, there's the. Oh, I hate these covers. Um, it's got like the swoop thing on the side. This is like early
1: series or something. I don't know
0: if this one is it says beyond high definition. Yeah. I I know know I've seen that
1: for like Independence Day and it's like oh this is so ugly. Apparently those are have a pretty bad reputation for the transfers and stuff. Uh, But I think uh, that was the first run yeah
0: <laughs> um, yeah re-release July 20, oh, 2020 hmm. but just Blu-ray no 4k Directed, written, produced by Mel Gibson. There was one other writer, and I was thinking, obviously, or maybe not obviously, but I would assume the idea of the story came from someone else. Or was he just like, I want to write something about the Mayans, (laughs) like do this 100% Mayan movie. Like It seems like a weird
1: idea. Uh, for yeah. him to just have. But yeah, which I love. I wish there was more movies like this. Yeah. It's like. Something. Different. <laughs> like, I feel like Christopher Nolan is one that could do something just like whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Spielberg, like you need that. Like, it's not a franchise right but it can uh entertaining type of thing outside of a franchise yeah Christopher Nolan
0: kind of is doing that I guess uh yeah. for a while like, he was into the science fiction but now there's yeah. Oppenheimer and he did like Dunkirk and he seems to just be spreading himself out into every genre
1: yeah At least just doing something where it's like, yeah, I don't need... I have enough sequels and stuff. We can only take so many Jurassic Park World Dominions. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I want to watch the uh, extended version of that. Did you watch Red Letter Media? Yeah, I did. Um, I don't think anyway. I finished it, or maybe I did. I don't remember seeing the end of them talking about Top Gun, but, uh, but I, it was uh, interesting. All the added stuff that they kept talking about in Jurassic yeah. World. It's like that
1: sounds a lot better actually. Like I, I saw that opening before. Like they yeah, released yeah, that, yeah, I've but, seen I, that part. but I didn't see all the other stuff. And it would be nice to put it all together. I would. The thing is, I would rewatch that movie. But yes, I th- they conveniently they must have listened because I think they agreed with me on about everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that movie sucked.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I almost bought it when I saw the. Blu-ray the extended it and it's like I don't know do I want to buy this or is there going to be some set that I'm going to buy but the set that's out it's like the Jurassic World saga and it's like I don't want it to say that well that's so what it's going to say I think uh, I probably will have to get that and definitely want to get the Jurassic Park without the French thanks for listening